Welcome to This Guy's Sick. I am Sam Valentine and this is my definitive This Guy's Sick Persona 5 Royale review. Now, unlike most reviews that are going to go real into detail about stuff, what I'm going to do is focus on a few things because I want people to know stuff about this game before they buy it. And this may sound like I come off as really negative to start because I'm going to give everyone the warnings that you should have before you play this game and the warnings that you need to have to enjoy the game to the fullest. And those warnings will make you wonder if you should probably play the game at all. But if you do want to play the game, they will come in handy to you as a gamer. The first warning is social links this game has a lot of time dedicated to spending time with your friends when i say a lot of time i would say the majority of the game is about being with your friends and doing stuff and leveling up your bond with them and it's not just friends, there are other people in the game that you meet, that you get bonds with, and you do stuff with, like a guy who runs the gun shop, like, like a doctor, you know, all these things that you can do. The problem with the game is that they don't really let you know how important these links are. More so, how important a select number of them are to the overall enjoyment and overall story of the game. And this is something that really, really irks me, with the game is something that I find uh, irredeemable about the game, something that I cannot ever defend as a choice in the game. In Persona 5, the original version, there are a set amount of people that you can have bonds with, and these bonds give you benefits and boosts and bonuses, but they don't really affect the overall story um, because... Some bonds are even part of the story. We, and they're the same in Persona 5 Royale, where you get these bonds as the story goes anyway. But in Persona 5 Royale, there are some optional ones which affect the story. So I'm saying optional because that's what they are. They are not mandatory. And you've just bought a version of the game that's meant to have more content in it. And this content is locked behind the time you spend in the game leveling up your bonds with three characters in particular. They are the counsellor, whose name is Maruki. They are Goro Akechi, who is the young hotshot detective. And they are the transfer student, who is called Kasumi. So what I want to say is these are, the two of these characters are new to Persona 5 Royale. And if you do not level them to 100% on your social bond, when you get to the end of Persona 5 Royale, when you complete the game, you will lose 20 hours of story content by not leveling them up. This story content is the new story content that the game provides from the original. The reason I can't defend this is, if you've played the original and you play this, if you don't do these social links, you get the same ending as the original and you get the same overall story as the original. You do not get anything new from a story aspect apart from some moments in the game where you speak to these new characters. But other than that, you don't actively get any benefit out of them at all.
The other problem with it is, is that the counsellor character leaves by a certain date in the calendar. So if you do not have them maxed out by a certain point in the game, they leave where you can no longer go and see them and max their, their skill set and their, their, their social links out. I say this straight away in this review because if you do not do it, you will miss 20 hours of content, which is what happened to me when I played the game. I don't play games with a guide. I want to experience them as they are. I don't ask that much for help. I don't look up puzzle, uh, you know, how to solve puzzles. I don't look up, you know, the right answers to having social links. I want to play the game. I don't look up the quizzes that are in it. I don't look up how to answer all your school test questions. I want to be able to play the game and experience this myself. And if I make mistakes, I make mistakes. And if I get things right, I've done it on my own accord. The problem is that by doing this, you will lose the new content. This is a new version of the game. You lose the new content in the new version of the game by not doing something new in the game that you might not necessarily fucking know about. This is a bullshit thing to do. Atlas take the piss by doing this. They take the piss with their DLC. They take the piss by the fact that Persona 5 Royale wasn't just a fucking DLC for Persona 5 in the first place. But not only do they take your money and ask for extra money for all this other stuff... They fuck you over in-game if you don't know about something that you wouldn't possibly be able to know about. It's kind of alarming that they think this is okay to do and that I don't hear a lot of people getting angry about it or pissy about it. So when I completed Persona 5 Royale, I had Persona 5's ending and I was very questionable about the ending straight away because in midway through the game, you go to a palace... And this is not, I don't need to give a spoiler warning because I'm not telling you anything about it. You carry on playing the game, you never go back to that palace. So when I completed the game, I was like, what about that random palace I went to? And I'll explain what palaces are for those who don't know um, in a minute. What was that What was that random palace I went to? We never went back there, right? What, what was going on here? So you, you just don't find out. So I had to Google it because I was like, that's what? They've got like a loose end? Like, what was all that about? I Google it to find that because I didn't level up the, the counsellor character to his fullest, that I lost out on 20 hours of the game. I then had to go and watch a Let's Play of that part to get the final part of the story. The reason being is that once you finish the game, you can only do a new game plus. But that's another 90 hours of gameplay just to get the last 20 hours of gameplay that you miss out on by not fulfilling some random bullshit in game. And this really dampened how I feel about Persona 5 Royale. And it wasn't the only thing that dampened how I feel about this game because there were many parts of the game that I just felt completely unnecessary. And as I was going through it, mostly enjoyed it, mostly thought the game was fantastic, but there were these moments that made me go, this isn't so good. I've already got past the biggest one. I needed that to be the first thing I said because I needed it to be a warning to anyone who listens to this who wants to go and play that game. You're going to need a guide for leveling up the, those three characters on time to make sure that you do not miss out on the best ending and the, more, and the extra content the game provides. The other things that really bothered me is when you first start this game, 
um, it throws so much at you at once. So it tells you about what personas are, persona fusions, uh, mementos, which is the procedural dungeon area. Um, it tells you about time limits for palaces and uh, character bonds. All this is just being slipped in at you while you're still trying to understand the basic premise of the game, uh, the controls, what to do. And it kind of tells you them all at once. So you go, oh, I, I'm going to go and do a couple of fusions. Oh, I'll leave that because now I need to understand how this works. And, I need, I, I, and then you can kind of get at the beginning. Once you get the hang of it, you know all this stuff and you never think about it again. But at the beginning, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't know this. And... What happens with the game is, and this happened to me, I got to the end and I, I was like, oh, I didn't realise you could burn incense and level up personas. I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing because the game mentioned it to me in this snippet once. I carried on doing the other shit I was doing that I never actually went back and, and fucking did that. Um, the same as working out in his room. You can actually do weights in his room or, or what some sort of setups or something in the room or pull-ups, right? I didn't know this on my first playthrough. It gets mentioned once briefly. Oh, you could, if you, there's enough room here for you to do pull-ups. You're like, oh, okay. And then I never did it because you have to go to the end of his bed and, and, and interact with it to get the option to do it. Well, I didn't know you need, I didn't know going to the, I didn't know there was an option for this. No one, no one told, the game doesn't point out where, where these options to do things are. You have to kind of discover them for yourself. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I like discovering things for myself. However, there is so much of them in this game, like going and praying, going to the temple, a confession booth, going to the temple and meditating. There's all these bits in it that I think would be missable because there's so much of them in the game. So many things for you to do and so little time. And that's the time management thing. I really need to mention that here because, like I said, there are some characters you need to level up. You need to get them maxed out. But there are other characters that give you great benefits for leveling up too. And maybe the game does allow you enough time to be able to level them all up. But I found it, by the time I got to the end, where the ball starts rolling, um, and you can't spend a lot of time with people, and some characters have left, some characters you've missed the chance of leveling up. Once you get to that point, um, it's not so easy to level up all these characters anymore. The same can be said for the beginning of the game. You don't get a lot of free time during the first palace. You don't get a lot of free time during the second palace. Um, from a sto story point of view, they kind of make you do certain things rather than spend your free time. You also only get roughly six moments of free time a week if you were to take the year of the game, is the year the game takes place in, um, to full account. If you have ever played this game, you'll you understand what I mean. But basically, you get up and you go to school. There's no, like, you can do something before school. There's no option to, like, oh, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go and have breakfast with my friend and chat to them to get their social link up. There's none of that. You go to school. While you're at school, you can't skip a lesson. You don't have like your lunch break where you can spend an hour doing something to level up one skill or anything like that. No, no, you go to school, you have your lessons. Then it's after school. After school, you have an option to go to Mementos, which is the dungeon area I spoke about. Go to a palace or after school, you can go and get a social link up or go and buy stuff or whatever it is you want to do. Once you've done that, it's now the evening. 
right? In the evening, you have options to go and visit other people that are only around in the evening. So you get these two chances to do stuff. If you go to a palace, though, I will say this, you lose your evening slot because you're too tired. Same as if you go to Mementos, you lose the evening slot because you come out there too tired. So you only get one of these. Saturday, you still have to go to school um, because maybe that's just how it is in Japan. But Saturday, you still go to school, so you only get two chances. Sunday is your day off from school. And guess how many chances you get to do stuff on a Sunday? Two. Daytime and evening. That's it. No morning, no afternoon, no mid-afternoon, you know, and, and then evening, nighttime. None of that. It's literally daytime and nighttime. Nothing else, nothing more. That's your one day off a week where you are free to explore and you still can only choose two events. Other events that you can do that's, that waste your time is go and have a burger. If you go and have a burger, um, it raises your guts and your guts means that you are able to like stand up to people or whatever because you have a higher gut rate. But if you go and eat a burger, that's it. That's one of your mo that's one of the, the allotted times that you can have taken away. If you go to the washing machine and put clothes in the washing machine, which are clothes you get from the dungeons that need to be washed so you can see what they are to be able to use them. If you if you do that, that takes up your allotted time as well. It's it's kind of weird that the game does that. Um, and it doesn't give you a lot of them. As mentioned, you don't have a lot at all. You really only have two per day, and you so you get 14 a week. But you also have moments in the game where you are doing your exams. During the exams, you can only go to school and do the exams. You can't do anything after school because you're meant to be studying for your exams. There are story moments where you can only do story things, like they send you to the beach for like five days or something with your friends. Um, you can't actually do anything like train, uh, mementos. All this stuff is now locked off to you for those story moments like going to the beach. And there are several of them throughout the game. That what should be a real simple thing takes longer than it needs to and probably takes up a good 70% of the actual game itself. And it just had me scratching my head about it. The time management thing had me really scratching my head about how long it takes. So you're telling me that doing pull-ups in my room takes up my entire evening. Are you taking the piss? I'm going to do half hour. I'm going to do a half hour workout in the evening. Now I've got the rest of the fucking evening. To do. I'm going to go to the washing machine. I'm going to put stuff in it. Well, that's an hour. It ain't going to take more than an hour to wash some soot off some clothes. But yet the game will make it take your entire evening to do so. And... It's these moments where it's like, what am I meant to do? Am I meant to be looking at the, the new items I've got that need washing? Am I meant to be training so my health goes up? Am I meant to be doing social links so I get better bonds with people? Am I meant to be playing darts so that we have better um, attack ratings for the baton pass, which is something in the game where you can, if you hit an enemy's weakness, you can you can baton pass to the next person to give them a boost. If you go and play darts with them, you get better boosts out of that. If you go and listen to music at the jazz club, it has a permanent effects on the character. Like there's all these little things you can do, but they only take they they all take up one of your two 
spaces, one of your two chances, your allotted time slots to do stuff every afternoon. And I find that with so much in there to do, like I said, going and praying, going to meditate, going and playing, going with your mates and going and leveling up their skill set, getting a job, which will also unlock things like um, missions, going and doing the, the missions in mementos. There's so much of this stuff. It throws it all at you and kind of lets you get on with it without warning you that there are permanent effects of not doing certain things that will, will affect the game including the ending, including story elements, including all this other stuff, that there's no warning of this. There's no there's no mention of it. There's no, oh, by the way, he's only going to be around for a couple of months. You might want to make sure you do it. Oh, by the way, the election's at the end of the year, so you best make sure you speak to this character and, and get him leveled up before the election because he's going to be too busy. There's no like jog or push at you to do so. The problem is... Even if there is, there's so much fucking dialogue in this game, unneeded, unnecessary dialogue in this game, that you would miss things because it, things are so openly missable in the game. And the problem with the dialogue in this game, not only does it go along for a while, like there are moments where it's literally like half an hour of just, just dialogue, but the dialogue is inconsequential. It's just banter between characters. They're meaningless interactions that don't... Li- give any levity to the game or to the story and it's these elements that make me go it's a 7 out of 10 this is not this is not the best rpg of all time it's not the best jrpg of all time it's not the game of the year um it's a great game with some huge inconveniences in it that really really let the game down so it sounds like i'm shitting on it and maybe I have for a bit. I don't want to shit on the game because mostly I enjoyed it. <clears throat> if you like turn-based games, classic turn-based games, you need to play Persona 5 Royale. If you're like me and that is your preferred method of video gaming, your preferred game to play, a turn-based role-playing game, then you need to play Persona 5 Royale. If you like Pokemon and you like fusing Pokemon and training Pokemon and and evolving Pokemon and Pokemon learning new skills and breeding Pokemon, then Persona 5 has all those elements in it for the Personas that you catch and use and fuse and, and use on each other to level up and all this stuff that you will overly enjoy this game. In fact, it's one of the best parts of the game. If you are a fan of the anime Death Note, you will like this game. The story is basically the same as Death Note. People are dying and no one knows how they are dying. They know it's clearly murder because certain people have gone after and they are. It's, it's, a, it's a mystery. Something's happening to them, but you don't know how. This is basically the same as Death Note. If you like Death Note, even down to the weird detective guy that comes along. If you like Death Note, you will openly enjoy persona 5 royale if you like anime in general you will like persona 5 because aesthetically it's a very pleasing game for anime fans and for people that like anime like myself so again you will like persona 5 royale for that if you like good music persona 5 has some of the best music i've ever heard in a video game ever it has a great soundtrack 
reminiscent of Cowboy Bebop in a lot of ways, where it just has such a really cool tonality to it. The music is cool as fuck. You'll have it in your head. You'll hum it. You'll want to listen to it. You'll walk away wanting to listen to it. If you play the game around other people, like I did, you'll have the other people who aren't playing the game hum the songs when they come on and sing along and enjoy the songs and ask you what those songs are. Like, the game is very aesthetically pleasing in many, many ways, and that's one of them. The only downside I would say for the music is, as good as it gets and as good as it is, um, it's not very emotional. Like, I wouldn't say the music has a lot of emotional levity when often in video games, let's take Final Fantasy VII, for example, uh, when Aerith dies and her theme comes on, it's sad as fuck because the music has that levity to it. When you face Sephiroth at the end and you first hear One Winged Angel because the game has zero operatic classical themes at all zero classical music throughout the entire game of final fantasy 7 then suddenly this fucking church-like opera comes on you're like oh fuck now the game is up like holy shit what's going on you don't have this in persona 5 with the music um the music is made up of a bunch of songs and they are they are all interwoven and flow with each other and use the same beats, same lyrics at times, same same elements. Fantastic music, like, again, but it doesn't give any levity to the game at all. The music doesn't add... Um, it adds a feel to the game and a vibe to the game, but it doesn't add to the story of the game. Nevertheless, the music is fucking fantastic. And even me talking about it right now, I want to go and listen to it. So all in all... It's a 7 out of 10. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun. But the practices in, in, in the game, certain things they do in the game, just pissed me off. From a few of the puzzles in it where they're just kind of going into rooms and moving things and then going back into the room and moving things. I found it just annoying like some of these, they weren't it weren't challenging. It wasn't something that was like, oh, this is a brain teaser. It's more of this is monotonous and annoying and I'm moving stuff around over and over. And those palaces mainly were the, uh, the pyramid where you have a straight line and it's blocked off and you have to open the doors to open the straight the straight line corridor that you go up and basically you walk into side rooms each time do a little bit come out door opens walk up walk into a side room do a little bit come out door opens and you do that over and over again you have the space station alien ship level where you have to prattle around with airlocks and it's just boring and annoying and it's doing the same thing over and over and then you have the boat there's like a cruise ship and that is just again going around doing the same things going in and out of the same rooms changing things talking to different people turning into mice and running through little court like the whole the whole thing is just not an enjoyable bit to play you're actually playing it going i wish this would hurry the fuck up because this is not a lot of fun which is a shame because the battle system was incredibly fun um i can't say enough good things about the combat and the little things that it adds to it and the double team moves 
and being able to use your gun, being able to use physical attacks, being able to use your personas. All this stuff is great. All this stuff is 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 the best parts of it, like with the music, with the kind of story, which is basic. Like I said, it's not a big emotional roller coaster of a story. Um, I wouldn't say that there's going to be parts that are going to make you want to cry or jump for joy. There's none of that. It's very much um, an easygoing story from start to finish. It's mostly mystery. Oh, what could this be? What could that be? Oh, who knows what? And who does this? And how did this happen? Like, There's a lot of that, like you get in Death Note. And overall, I recommend it. Overall, I think that you should play it if you're into role-playing games and, and you're into JRPGs especially, and you like turn-based. You should play this game, but take into account the stuff I said about the game that is a little bit that make it a little bit obnoxious. There are parts of the game that are just a little bit obnoxious, like locking off content behind a timed in-game counter, and um, the fact that it wasn't a DLC to begin with. The fact that there's so much DLC for this game, ranging up to a high amount in terms of cost, and it's mostly for costumes and shit. A lot of people want that stuff because they don't know what the costume looks like. Or they, oh, I want more costumes and skins in the game. Cosmetics are a huge thing. Cosmetics in single-player games should just be built in. I don't really think they should be something you're paying for. But, you know, and but that's Atlas for you. They've released the game fucking twice. You know, they, they, they've already, they're already ripping people off with the price. So there's little things like that that just, that just make me go, this would be an 8 out of 10, but I just cannot... I feel dirty giving it an 8 out of 10 because these elements shouldn't exist in a fucking video game anymore. These elements just need to be changed. Some of this needs tweaking, needs fixing, which is what this game is meant to do, fix and tweak stuff. So that's my review for it. Um, again, I know Persona fans are going to get pissy and angry about this, but look, I liked the game. I enjoyed the game. I love some of the characters, Sujiro and Futaba in particular. I find fucking fantastic they were great characters watching them grow and develop because they're the ones who show real growth in the game they're the ones who show a true growth in the game um i could watch them and and play the game again just for their stories alone because i enjoyed them so much however the game is a slog it's 90 hours long without the extra content right it's 90 hours long without the true ending special ending content and missable content which is like another 20 hours long this is a long game so completing the game and then having to play it again knowing just how long it is knowing how much stuff you're gonna have to do again knowing that there are dungeons that are, un, are just completely and utterly unenjoyable knowing that there's the procedural dungeons the dungeons that are randomized every time you go into it in mementos like knowing all that stuff doesn't give me a lot of um, faith in, in wanting to play a game. Not faith's not the right word, but it doesn't make me. It doesn't give me any joy in the idea of playing the game from scratch again. It actually just pisses me off. The idea of, of playing it again pisses me off, which is which is sad because I really wanted to play the end content. I really wanted to play the last twenty hours of gameplay, um, but it was locked off to me. The game cheated me out of it. The game didn't warn me. It didn't give me an idea that it could, it could be missable. It didn't let me know that there's content written, the new story written for Royale is missable in Royale. That 
if you played Persona 5, you you would miss it anyway, you know, without playing the Royale version. Like, it just seems weird that they would do that and, and, and annoying that they would do that. So that, that's it. That's my review, right? Um, I, I don't want to harp on about a negative, like, for too long because m- most of this has been negative. Um, but it's just a warning. I want this be this review to actually be a warning about the game so that you can enjoy it more than I did because I tell you what, I probably would have given it a higher ranking if... I knew what I've told you now going into the game. So again, I'm Sam Valentine. This is This Guy's Sick. We are on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash this guy's sick where you can support us there. We've got a few guys on there. I'm actually going to be revamping that. Actually, I want to do some more content. I've got some content, actually, um, some funny content coming out where I'm going to sit down um, with someone and they are someone who's not a fan of any of this stuff at all video games movies comic books anime and i'm gonna just sort of do some um name games with them where i'm gonna say something like final fantasy and see what they come out with as someone who's not interested in it and some little games like that which are all going to be locked off on the patreon they're going to be content that's that's purely on the patreon um myself and, and john mcmahon we we do a few episodes together every now and then he's at this is loss uh he also is with me as the admin of square posting so we do an episode and we have like a little chat in between we start we record we pause for a break we open a beer we have a chat we record the chat and the chat is going to be on patreon going forward we're going to start uploading that mini bit on the patreon in between the episodes that we record we also have a ko-fi.com which is ko-fi.com forward slash this guy's sick where you can like buy it. It says buy us a coffee. I'm going to spend it on beer. So you can buy me a beer. So there's that. Um, we also have our tpublic.com forward slash user slash this guy's sick. Where you'll find merchandise. So please check that out as well. Um, again, we got another. I've got another episode dropping next week. Uh, that's going to be with me and John McMahon. And uh, that should be a lot of fun as well. So please check that out. Thanks for listening.